Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Howdy, partner. Suns fan here. Cinder in there. We say things. Episode 190. Hair. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, you were up five hours ago, and you were asking me to if you, I wanted to do untrue, it early. untrue. Please correct me. I went to bed five hours earlier than I usually do, and I wrote to you like three hours ago. I was like, "Let me know if you want to record early," and then you wrote a smiley and never wrote again. No, so was, I showed up. At the it moment. wasn't a smiley. It was this face. Yeah, it was a surprised face emoji. Yeah. And then you didn't write again. So oh, I stayed in bed. It's, I, you know, people show up to watch us live sometimes. So why change That's the fair. time? You know? Yeah. It is. You could have written that then. <laughs> I figured the face Just... said it all, you know? Okay. <laughs> it was the very ambiguous. Is, the truth fine. is I, I did that emote while I was playing a game and I just forgot you said anything until now. So That's it's like when we're casting together. It's par for the course. Yep, that okay. is correct. So thank you to our beautiful patrons from the InBruce tier, including Pepperballs, T Coil, Q Ludes wishes all the Americans a happy tax deadline reminder, not an ad. Stupid Copilot, new Dota DHL ad should be about them delivering the patch and failing to do so. D2 Bowie, Lab Dota, Yatoro does it again. Cinderin, need more, need more and ads. For Counter-Strike 2, an ad. Magdev wants volumetric smokes in Dota 2. My grandma found out that... Or my grandma found out... My grandma found out... Take your what time. League of Legends is. <laughs> She's thinking of building a PC. Valve, you need to hurry. Please give us marketing. Disco Farm D. Bilingual people have a greater emotional range, yet Cinderin is the robot Stoogie McStooge face Darkseid in the house. The Megapope... What's up with you guys, TI New Zealand and Zan Xavier? And Nate Thicko, 01 Hamscroats, Bacon, Shark TM, Freshly Seasoned Goat Balls, Janie, Dop, Nothing to See Here, Underscore Man, Guitar Strings, Yves Remore, Ben Broomhead says hi to his friend Emray from Pixel, Wooden Aftertaste Anonymous, and the longest English word with all its letters in alphabetical order is Agilops, which is a type of grass. Hmm. Thank you, Mr. Neebling. That's kind of interesting. Eight letters only. Yeah. I very guess it cool. makes sense because the vowels are very early in the alphabet, the primary ones. So yeah. it's kind of hard to that check. Sure. Out. That's definitely the reason. Okay. Yes. Just a quickie, a quick NBA segment. I know there's some people that hate this and they skip, so they won't actually be hearing this. But there are some diehard NBA uh, listeners. Yeah, I shouldn't like say myself. That. They're diehard what would they be called if they don't watch the NBA? Don't give a shit about it, but they love the NBA segment somehow. What do we call them? If they don't care about the rest of this, but only NBA. No, 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 no. They, 
they watch our podcast normally and they love mm-hmm. the NBA segment even though they don't watch basketball, they don't care about it. Uh you crazy know. people. Okay. You guys can name yourself in the YouTube comments. Yeah. Right now the only one that we're going with is crazy people. So the crazy people will enjoy this. Uh well first and foremost the, the playoffs have started. The play in has started, I should say, which is the best of one, so it's pretty hype. Um no need to really talk about that too much. The Suns will be playing the LA Clippers. It's the four we're the four seed, they're the five seed, so we have the home court advantage. On paper, their team is extremely good, but they've had a lot of injuries, so theoretically we should win, but it's gonna be a tough matchup. The Western and you said it's the best of one. No, ours are best of sevens because the play in is like so if you get top six. Okay, let me explain this again. Since it's been many years, right? The okay. playoffs used to be top eight of each conference uh-huh. make it. A few years yeah. ago, they changed it to have a play-in. So now it's top six of each conference are guaranteed to get in. Then okay. the seven and eight seed play a best of one against each other. Whoever wins becomes the seven seed. The eight seed goes down to the quote-unquote lower bracket, and they play the winner of the nine ten seed to see who gets the eight seed. Okay, so it's made it a lot. And which more seed are you? We're four, so we're fine. We're in the playoffs. Oh, you're not playing this. Okay. No. So it's going to be a best of seven. And yeah, we'll see how it goes. It's, I mean, this is going to be like a two-month process, so I'll update you. But I did have a funny yeah. story, Sinran. All right. Uh, there's a team called the Minnesota Timberwolves. And Timberwolves. They traded somebody last year. Uh, or they, sorry, they traded so... It's like the biggest haul, basically, in history. They traded all their picks for the next decade, essentially. This is the TLDR of it. For somebody named Rudy Gobert, who mm-hmm. has been Defensive Player of the Year many times, but people think he sucks, and I'm one of those people, because oh. he only plays defense, he has no offensive game, and then the mm-hmm. playoffs start, he gets played off the floor because the, the game changes a lot. So you have this big center that's just not doing anything. They traded everything for this guy, and it, it was even weirder because they had two. They have another all-star center, so they have two centers that are playing in the same lineup. That's also weird. This guy is also not liked by a lot of people. He's French. That's not why they don't like him. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. What can you do then? Because uh, right before they stopped the season for COVID, he's the super spreader. This is the joke, at least, the meme, because in a press conference, he's like, I don't believe, you know, in COVID, blah, blah, blah. And he started like touching all the mics and just like, you know, basically showing that he doesn't believe in it. And then he got COVID like the next day. Literally, this is not a joke. Got a COVID like the next day. And then the season got canceled or uh, postponed, right? So there's been like this thing where nobody likes him as a teammate. So now he's on this new team. And in their last game of the season before the play-in, right, which is very important, he gets Mm -hmm. into a fight with his teammate. Apparently his teammates call him a little bitch for whatever reason, which, you know, that's also not cool. And he punches the guy in like the shoulder heart-ish area. And... Everybody's laughing about how stupid that is because now he's suspended for the play-in game. Mm-hmm. And then another player in Minnesota gets so angry, not even related to this, in that game. And as he's leaving into the locker room, he punches like this plastic thing. But what he doesn't know is there's a concrete wall behind him. He breaks his fucking hand. So the Minnesota Timberwolves... <laughs> I know this isn't like the full story. You're not getting the the entire thing, but... This kind of stuff always happens to them, and it's fucking hilarious. So it happened again. So they lost against the Lakers in the play-in. They have another chance, though. So we'll see yeah. if they get the eight seed. Well, 
That's the NBA. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you don't you don't have to be particularly smart to be really good at something. Yes, that is accurate. I mean, he's the, tall. The that's, moral of the story here, the just like argument. us with casting, we are actually also not good at casting. So we're actually just con men. That's how I feel every day. Yeah. Okay, on to the thing you just mentioned, which is casting. Dream League Season 19 is, I mean, it's technically still occurring. We can talk about that. But the groups yep. are almost over, minus the tiebreakers. Uh, we're done casting for the rest of the tournament. So Group A, Gaming Gladiator, Shopify, and EG will move on to the next group stage. Group B, Team Liquid, and Tundra will move on to the next group stage. But... There's still more teams that need to qualify because there's so many tiebreakers. Execration, Aster, TSM, they're all tied in Group A for one slot. Beast Coast, OG, and Team Spirit are all tied for two slots. That's a little easier. And then the teams that have yep. been eliminated are X Hellraisers, Entity, Talon, Nigma, and Nouns. So let's talk about perhaps who we think are going to win the tiebreakers. Are we surprised mm -hmm. by any of the results or anything like that? Okay. Um, well, first of all, before we do that, I want to congratulate you, Shannon. Before at the beginning of the tournament, we asked ourselves who we thought was going to get top three in the whole tournament. Yes. And so far, your three picks are top three in the groups. It's Liquid, Gaming Gladiators, and Shopify. So you picked the three highest rated teams to get top three so far. That's right. So good job. I picked Liquid at Gaming Gladiators as well. And then I picked PSG LGD, who didn't show. That's so right. Cursed again. I'm kind of <laughs> fucked. I mean, what can you do? You're cursed. Um, yeah. I will just say, if LGD were there, they would have got third. Just so we're in the clear here. But You know I mean, what's funny? I actually don't external think External so. factors. Do you? Okay, but try not to be biased. Do you actually think they would get top three? LGD? These groups have been yeah. very evenly skilled. I definitely think point. even see, after after seeing it play, I think LGD would have had a good shot at third. Yeah, I think they're really good. Okay. So, but anyway, um, besides the point, let's uh, let's talk about the ties. So, Group A three way tie for one slot: Execration, Aster, and TSM. Uh, we cast Aster and TSM. We haven't cast Execration. Uh, Execration and Aster have the exact same score: they're one, four, and two. And TSM drew with literally everyone except Gaming Gladiators that they lost to on the last day. Um. My pick here on a narrow margin is probably Aster because I think their ceiling is higher. Um, that doesn't mean they're going to play their best, though. So I don't feel confident. Yeah, I would also pick Aster, but like you said, we didn't get to cast Execration. TSM, their, their record as a whole is 0-6-1. They didn't go and get any 2-0s while the others, Execration and Aster, did. So yeah. I don't have as much faith in TSM. And Aster beat Execration 2-0. That was their victory. So... Yeah, true. Yeah, so I think Astro would be the favorite there. And then for okay. Group B, there's two slots. Beast Coast, OG Team Spirit. Uh, that's that a tough really one. Hard. I'm going to say OG don't make it. I wonder why Beast Coast are listed technically higher than OG, even though they're tied. Their record's 1-6-0. OG and Team Spirit are 2-4-1, which... They might consider losses. Just the O2s? yeah. Beast Coast haven't lost, right? Yeah. So maybe that's why. But again, the ranking doesn't matter. They're playing a three-way tie. Uh, and both three-way ties should be best of ones, which could cycle more than one time, if I understand correctly. Uh, and I think they're all being played today. 
So there's a lot of good Dota coming up today if you guys are watching this live or if you catch it shortly after it gets posted. Yep. The first one is Asterix Secretion. That happens in an hour and nine minutes from now. So at 12 CEST, the first game starts. Apparently, it's, yeah, it's alphabetical. That's actually the reason that's listed that way. Oh, well, that Easiest makes sense. answer always. <laughs> so this will go on into a second group stage with... Well, it can't be alphabetical, Shannon, because in group A, evil geniuses are in third under Gaming Gladiators and Shopify. That's true. And they have the same score, they all three do. of them. That is true. So, okay. debunked. Good call. All right, call. anyway. Uh, so this will go on to a second group stage where eight teams, so the, the four from each group, will play against each other again. Uh, and then the top, top four, four will go to the playoffs. So pretty brutal round robins. That one's going to be very hard to predict. Do you want to try? I mean, I, you I mean, you obviously have to pick mine. three of the same again, right? Yeah. So you're taking, you're taking Liquid Gaming Gliders and Shopify. And who's your fourth? I'll say EG, South America. Okay. I'm going to take... Which means Group A was way better than Group B, apparently. Liquid Gaming. And now I obviously get to revise my LGD because they can't even make it. This is why you wanted to do it. Yeah. No, not really. Um... Do I think shop if I get top four? I don't want to take the, the same ones as you. That's so just is, boring. We, I w we will say this as well. This is my caveat. I picked mm -hmm. Shopify before we knew they had a stand-in as well. Although Mikey's been playing great. True. So. Mikey's really good. All right, I'm going to take Liquid Gaming Gladiators Team Spirit. So I'm banking on them making it out of ties. And... It's hard. Shopify or EG. Hmm. Or Tundra. But Tundra don't have Soxa now. True. EG. It, it, All right. okay. Thank God. I was about to say. All right. Okay. It was close, though. Yes. We'll see. Uh, we only have one different. So I have Spirit and you have Shopify in the top four. The rest is the same. Okay. So that is Dream League Season 19. Look forward to the rest of that. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Let's move on to, I guess, the roster shuffle, if you want to call it that, which is mm -hmm. basically Team Nigma. Amar is being benched, has been benched since they were in this tournament. And Miracle replaced him temporarily. But I think they made another post saying that, basically, thank you for standing in for us. 
which would indicate that he is not actually continuing to play. So your thoughts yeah. mostly on Amar getting benched. Does that surprise you? So when when Nigma got Amar, I was saying that I thought he was a potential really good fit if they played him on carry, because I think Amar's Amar's playstyle in the offlane was always pretty farm intensive and greedy. Um and I thought that if he transitioned to carry, it could be a good fit for Nigma. But I, I don't know if they haven't had enough time or if it isn't really the right fit for them or whatever, but they have not been impressive, right? They've been moving things around multiple times to try to find solutions. They've played him our off lane. They've played him mid. They've played him safe lane. They've played Samail mid. They've played Samail carry. They've played mind control mid, off lane carry. I feel like they've played like almost every constellation. And nothing was consistent. Like it never really clicked. Um, so I don't know if Koro had the same read that I did. That obviously, I mean, there's no doubt about it that Amar is super good, right? Like that's that's pretty clear, but just hasn't really been the right fit for them. And I think benching him is one solution. You could also look to move other pieces around to try to solve the puzzle. But clearly, Nigma's other four players, especially the three of them, Kuro, Mind Control, and GH, have played together forever. So I think they're probably kind of ride or die at this point with this team. Um, yeah, sounds like it. And unless, unless one of them completely loses the drive or motivation to play, I think they're going to try to stick it out and try to solve around themselves, which... Is fine as long as the players aren't slacking and just mega underperforming. But I feel like in this team, their players have definitely, I think all of them have played better in the past. So question is how they're going to find their mojo again. Um, but that said, here in Dream League, they had a couple of individually really good games. So that's the thing with Nigma that's so confusing is that they're just extremely inconsistent. Like Nigma's ceiling is super, super high, but their floor is so low. And you... If I if I was betting on Dota, I would stay away from this team. Mm. You just can't you just can't predict what's coming at all. Um, I suppose if the odds are good enough and you know Nigma can put up these crazy performances, right? They might be worth a shot, but it's just like one game, you're like wow, they're really good, and then the next game they go zero and twenty. <laughs> yeah. Like, that it's really several bizarre. Times, but, several times. Yeah, so it wasn't just the game we cast. They had a series against Spirit yesterday as well, where they win game one, and then game two, they're down seven, came in at ten. They win like game one with wildly Ursa, inconsistent. Ursa offlane. And it's like, oh, wow, this is looking... Okay, this is going to give them some momentum. They get two kills the next game. Yeah. Just it's um, very weird. Yeah, inconsistent is the key word here. I think uh, Miracle, I think, played well for coming back from a break. I think he was... Considering how how little he has played in Pro Dota relative to the other players of the team, I think he was perhaps the standout player. So he's, I would say, he's still got it. But he, it seems like he wants to still extend his break. If that's for uh, for mental reasons, for health, whatever, uh, not going to really, really speculate. But he's been on a break for a while. Um, but I, I do hope, and I know a lot of fans hope that Miracle will be back on the roster playing actively at some point. But based on their announcement, that point is not yet. Um, but maybe it'll be soon. Who knows? Like, Nigma's next official matches are Season 2 of Dream League, I think, right? Because they're not at the Major, and they're not playing Div 2 this season because they got relegated from Div 1. So they're not playing Div 2 until next season. Yeah. So I think they have a pretty long break now, and that will give Miracle more time to recover. But honestly, I do expect him to be back on the team the next time a big event rolls around. If he's healthy, he's going to be playing I, with them. I That's it. Okay, I'm going to have to find their tweet now. I feel like the wording that I saw was 
I mean, they were thanking him for standing in. Does that mm. not indicate to you that? Yeah, they were thanking him for standing in and telling him. I think it was something along the lines of enjoy the rest of your break or something like that. Let me see. I'll try to find yeah, it as well. finding it. Thank you for standing in. That's all it's <laughs> So basically what I said is literally the tweet. Enjoy the oh. rest of your break. Yeah, you're right as well. Yeah. So the so, picture says that. Okay. So I think, I don't know how long this break is. But I'm assuming if if Miracle has any perspective of wanting to play again after a break, I think this is the team he's going to be playing with. I guess that's my two cents here. I, I think they look good together. And I think Miracle brings out the best in this team. Um, they They were still inconsistent. And I find that a big part of it for me when I watched them was some of their drafts I just heavily disagree with. Um, I think they gave themselves terrible conditions in some of the games to even get their foot, feet off the ground. And, you know, the, the community will pin all that blame on Kuro. They also have a coach. They have other team members. It's not one person. So I'm not really going to point any fingers. I'm just going to say the end result was not good. That's, that's it. So whatever way they arrived there, whatever the thought process was, don't think it was great. But other games were good. And Miracle played well. So... We'll see. Um, yeah. When is it season two of this is? It's sometime in, I think, June? It might be before it? that. Yeah, it's in June. So that's two more months that the, if Miracle comes back, let's say, in, in a month from break, they have time to scram and get warmed up and everything. And, and maybe they will show a better performance in season two. If I believe the teams are playing both seasons, right? Nobody gets relegated from... I These two seasons, I think, I think it's the know. same teams. Is it? Maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe if the rankings change, teams get knocked down from the first season two. But I think, I, I actually, I genuinely don't know this. So, yeah. won't speculate. We'll find out. All right. Next topic is Fart Studio. Oh yes, my favorite team. So Name. there is some drama here, um, and I'm going to be biased. Of course. I, I know that I'm biased here, but I've also run mm -hmm. tournaments before, so I do have a very strong opinion about this. Mm -hmm. uh, this is, for people that don't know, this is a Division Two team, which is basically content creators. So Jenkins, Monkeys Forever, Newsham, I Annihilate, and BSJ. Uh, they have been disqualified from Div 2 completely because they didn't have three people in NA playing because Jenkins is casting at dream league and i think i annihilate is randomly in i think like south america or something bsj is also at dream league bsj but he's all he's been in europe the whole time he lives in europe actually yeah that's true so yeah okay yeah so the rule so they've been disqualified they understand that this was they knew that this was a rule the whole time they just had no idea that i annihilate was not in na at that time because he never mm -hmm. said anything so by the letter of the law, this is correct to disqualify them, but it's up to the discretion, and I know this for a fact, it's up to the discretion for tournament organizers whether they enforce stuff. So mm -hmm. for something like this, like the spirit of, this is like a basketball thing, the way that I look at like traditional sports, there's the letter of the law and there's the spirit of the law. I am mm -hmm. somebody that abides and believes that everything should be the spirit of the law. If something obviously is not intended to be this way, then you shouldn't right. be enforcing it. So the case for this, that doesn't make sense. The reason you enforce this rule is so that people that are from Europe, as an example, can't just play in the NA qualifiers slash NA DPC. 
Right. It at the very least forces them, and you know, Dendi's team is the perfect example. It forces them to come over and actually reside in um, the, uh, I keep saying the U.S., in N.A. for a certain period of time in mm-hmm. order to actually play. I think that's fine. I don't think, I know some people yep. are against that idea, but I, we've had this discussion before. I think that's perfectly fine. To disqualify a team that lives, four out of five lives in North America, most of which are Americans, because they just happen to be working in Europe is fucking stupid. And yeah. the fact that they disqualified them from the entire season is extremely stupid. And I think that, I mean, it's not like Valve's going to do anything, but this is a very shitty call from PGL. Yeah. And I don't understand why they, again, it's, it's something you didn't have to do, but they're doing. And it's actually so worse think... for the scene in general because this is like Div 2. Nobody's fucking watching any Div 2. It's like the complete shithole of shitholes. This is the, the content team, team that has the most viewership in Div 2. Yeah, easily. It's like the mini Arkosh, right? Yeah. So, so just to clarify, from what I understand, I don't think the team is fully disqualified. I think they chose themselves to say, if this is how it is, we're not going to play. I think they got a def loss on the first game, mm. and they were told to solve the problem, or they would not play further games. Right? So they didn't like disqualify the team and say, okay, you guys did this one time, now you can't do it anymore. Uh, the problem is... They're not allowed to, because you need to, um, you need to register stand-ins before the beginning of the season, I think, and they don't have any stand-ins, so they can't swap someone in for BSJ until he's back in NA, for, or sorry, for, uh, for Jenkins, right? So effectively, that would mean that they lose pretty much the whole season, I think, but just from a technicality standpoint, the team did not get disqualified. They lost the series, and then they DQ'd themselves. I think. Sure, that is um, technically true. Because they had the choice, all right, let's just say they had the choice of flying Jenkins back home and playing. Right, but he chose not to. Which Correct. is completely understandable because he's yeah. working uh, the ESL event. So the thing about this that doesn't make sense to me is like this is obviously such an easy PR move to or PR thing to avoid because this makes PGL mm-hmm. look like shit and like I don't know the inside information but based on the experience that we've accumulated over our careers, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt it's not like some admin went to PGL and said, what should I do here? In most cases, the admin is just making a call. It's just some random hmm. fucking guy that's making a call. That's the way that yeah, I... Yeah, this isn't necessarily a PGL exactly. high-up decision, but, right? But it is in the end because of this admin. You it know reflects I mean? on them, yes. So that's yeah. another... like, it doesn't make any sense. But I'm, I'm with you, though. For my, from my perspective, and this is also what's kind of in every rule book that I can think of in esports, at least, is that there are rules, but it's, as you say, it's at the admin's discretion to make exceptions if they feel like... So It's like force majeure, right? It's like, okay, players have yes. to be here, but if there's a fucking earthquake, like maybe it's okay, they don't def lose, right? Like, mm. they're, they're so not in control of this. That line, this, up to their discretion, is in the rules. 100%. Yes. This is not like yeah. speculation. That is in the rule. So, again, the spirit of this rule, I mean, you basically outlined it perfectly, right? The spirit of this rule is to prevent teams from playing in a region that is not theirs to try to get quote unquote easy slots or make unfair competition. Whereas teams relocating to the, to the country and playing from there are contributing to the ecosystem of the region, right? Like there's an, an inherent difference in the two and also in the amount of effort you need to go through as a team to do it. You need to, you know, it's an investment. Think of it that way in order to at least have a shot at getting, a, getting to the major or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel like an easy fix to this is just to rewrite the rules, right? I think it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Either 
you need to have three players residing in the region, or you need to have three players that are uh, that live there the majority of the year, but are not there at the time of play, right? Like one or the other. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, majority of the year, what if they're away for 200 days of the year? It's like, yeah, okay, then technically it's not the majority, but then we're back to square one where it's like, you know, a judgment call. Like, these players are American. We know they play in the region most of the time. Um, I mean, they have And you could even residence. go as far as to say if you have an American passport, right? But then it could be like, well, what if you have an American passport, but you live in Europe for two years? Then that one even. So it's always going to be like a judgment call, but like, come on. It's... Yeah, but that, the judgment call is not difficult. <laughs> exactly. Like... That's why, it's, I don't know. I just, I, I'm with you 100%. I completely disagree with this decision. And it's not because it's BSJ and Jenkins that we've worked with or are friends with. I, for me, it doesn't come from a place of bias well, I at know all. That, yeah. I just think it's a bad call. Yeah, I, like, yeah exactly. You're, you're a robot. A we know that you're not, so, your emotions like, don't get into this. And it sucks for them because I think they're having fun with it and they're going to enjoy it and make some good content out of it that people could enjoy. And at the end of the day, this is a loss for everyone. Exactly. Honestly. Exactly. So it's like, it's... again, it's kind of just like you're taking the one small gem in the literal shittiest division in all of Dota. NA as a whole is the shittiest region in all of Dota as well. And it's just getting worse and worse and worse every year. A mid laner, Quinn, who was very good, but he just couldn't really do much with the teams here, goes over to EU. Now he's crushing it. Won a major on his first try. Won a major on his first try. <laughs> yeah. We have less talent than we've That's ever had. And now. You know, it's not like this is going to, like, I don't know. Like, I don't see, I think that's Maybe the other thing. Maybe there's an agenda, is... Shannon. Maybe they're trying to destroy <laughs> NA from within. Well, yeah, they, they were forced to take NA because they got Western EU. So like, all right, let's Maybe just make NA, sure this is as shitty as possible. Maybe they're trying to make all the Americans move to Europe so they can get a bigger EU. What do you think? Nobody would qualify from NA. No, that's true. <laughs> all right. Well, Shopify. Uh, so then BSJ wrote a long tweet longer about this i don't know if you want to summarize this i already but did. and you yeah you did as well so essentially that's the story his take is the same as ours right so yep okay yeah. uh last topic before we get into the patreon mailbag since it's gonna be a bit of a short episode uh i thought it would be interesting to talk about uh ai a bit and how it might relate to mm -hmm. games i've been using i've been trying to use chat gpt like we talked about it initially when it first came out and we you know Talked about some cool stuff we could do with it. Mm -hmm. And I have been really racking my brain trying to figure out a way to have ChatGPT help me somehow in my life, like in work, in some capacity, because I keep reading like so many things like with people where it helps their productivity somehow. And like, I'm jealous. I think it's mm -hmm. really, really cool. I just can't think of anything. Like it's helped me write an email or two, which is, you know, it's helpful, but. That's a little bit of a time saver, but there's nothing that's like game-breaking so, yet for me that I've found for myself. So from what I understand for gaming and for programming in general, uh, ChatGPT can at least write meaningful code. So some mundane tasks that you might have to do, perhaps you can shortcut that by having the AI write it for you. Um, the thing I don't know, so I'm not going to just claim that it's just better than having a human do it. I don't know what format it outputs. I don't know how concise it is. I don't know how understandable it is. And if you need to develop on the code further in a way the AI can't do, then perhaps the way it implements it isn't like good for you, right? To mm -hmm. It might be functional and run, but that doesn't mean it's like elegant, right? And a lot of the time, I mean, to be fair, video game code a lot of the time is not elegant. <laughs> 
but uh, at least you need to understand what you're doing so that you can make the right changes, right? Yeah. Um, and if, if at the end of the day, you have the AI write some code for you, and then you have to go back and revise the whole thing, read through it, understand it, et cetera, it might have been faster to just write it yourself the way you wanted it to begin with, right? So, but I know it can do that, at least. It can write some at least basic fundamental functioning stuff. So maybe that can you can save some time there. You talked about using AI voice generator for characters in video games as a possibility yeah. um, to skip the step of voice actors and have uh, use AI for it. But there's a little bit of an ethical gray zone there where, well, if the voice acting of the video game is trained through listening to actual voice actors, do they hold any rights to mm -hmm. their voice being quote unquote copied at least to some extent, which is a little bit complicated. Um, to figure that out. So that one is maybe a and little harder. The AI art on top of that, right? Same AI art, well. similar logic, right? Artworks like... Because what it does so is... So from what it, I understand... It combines other people's art technically, right? It's not like yeah. it's creating something fully unique. I think, I think I read this the other day on Reddit that in the US there was a law... Either it was pa passed or it was posted a suggestion for it to have all AI-generated content be non-copyrighted, which doesn't necessarily, like, I think is probably a good thing because it's like, who really owns it when an AI has made it right? So maybe it's better to just consider it public domain. But again, then the problem is, well, if what the AI is generating all this non-copyrighted stuff based off is actual copyrighted stuff from other people, mm. then technically you can make like cheap copies of something copyrighted and now it's just yours to use. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just, I feel like it's kind of tricky to implement this in a good way, but it's I, probably better if you had to do one or the other, if it's binary, it's probably better than making AI generated stuff copyrighted. I think mm. if you have to choose, I think right? in its but current form, it's... AI is really cool. Mm -hmm. And I think you kind of summed it up with, it's just like writing the email in ChatGPT, just as an example. You can kind of relate this to all the different AI tools that you have now. You, write, you have it write the email, and then you edit it to make it mm -hmm. you know, the way you want it. That's the same way if you get like something drawn. I've done that with some thumbnails on you know, Dali or whatever. I'm sure code is the same way. You're still going to need to know how to, how to do it, like you said. I think, and this is the reason I brought this up. So let's forget about... AI literally programming for you and doing mm -hmm. all that stuff because I think we can agree that that's a few years away still from like legitimately yeah. like making an entire brand new like triple A game that's not going to happen anytime soon I don't think but what if and I know there's been jokes about Ice Frog being a robot but what if and do you think AI could currently update like create updates for Dota so it still has a human touch where they're looking at it, but in terms of balancing the game, mm -hmm. you would think, because they keep a lot of stats, that AI actually would be pretty good at balancing Dota. Like, forget about the I new ideas, yes. like changing the map and all that stuff. That's creativity. Mm -hmm. That's still going to be the human, most likely. But balancing numbers, I feel like AI could do a really good job with that. I think yes and no, because... Dota is very complex, and I know AIs have like infinite time or whatever, right? But the thing is, it it definitely can balance it, but I don't know if the the outcome that the way it would balance it would be desired, right? So if it tweaks a lot of numbers here and there, part of what like in an ideal world you could say every hero has fifty percent win rate, but 
the way you accomplish that will effectively be in a way that is from an AI perspective, at least my guess is, is more likely to flatten the gameplay. So things that are like outliers or make the heroes really unique or really strong or really crazy or really fun might end up being a little bit more flatlined, right? So like stats will be more similar and spell effects and damage. And to put it on edge, the essential way an AI might end up fully balancing the game is to make every hero the exact same, right? That's the end. So you're, you're, the you're end taking, game, right? I think you're taking it too far though, because I'm not saying... Like again, forget about changing the way spells work. Mm -hmm. Think of just numbers for the time being. Like, right. Keep it as basic as possible because the human is overseeing everything, right? So you mean like so a Chad, little more mana cost on this spell, a little more damage on this, yeah, a little less stats like, on this hero. If an AI can analyze, like, if a person mm -hmm. has to analyze all these stats and one by one, that for Dota, that's fucking insane, right? They have a whole team yeah, to do my, this. I guess my concern in the end is similar, that potentially the way the AI rebalances the heroes makes them less fun, right? Yeah, but the again, the human is confirming whether they want these changes. So it's oh, not like, so in the end, it's like a list of suggestions. Yeah, I'm not saying that you just then, literally okay, okay. let the game get updated by the AI hands-off sure. at all. I'm not saying yeah, that. I mean, of, of course, you can always use it as a source of inspiration, right? Um, I guess w what I'm getting at is that I think some of quite a lot of the suggestions it will give are not good for the game because it will be not fun yeah um overall it will be a negative so in the end you need to you need to look through them and be critical about everything it outputs and then yeah it might still give some good ideas here or there i could see it um for sure i could see it and i do think valve already as you pointed out they probably already look at like win rates of heroes and stats of how they interact with other heroes and combos and win rates and blah 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 so there's uh there's plenty of things for sure. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised AI, if they I just already used something. Honestly, I just had a thought here. Um, so let's say let's say AI generated content is not copyright. I know this is a little bit of a backtrack to what we talked about it's before. Fine. What if you have an AI generate something for you and then you edit it, like you said, like the AI has an idea or a concept for you and then you iterate on it and you change it. As a human being, does yeah. it become copyrighted then, I, or is it not copyrighted because the original concept was not? That is a gray area, a very what big gray area. What do I mean? Who cares what because I? Because the tricky thing is, if if it is passed in a binary way, where it's like AI, AI generated content is not uh, copyrighted, then you kind of can't use it, right? In product development, as a game designer, for example, because every element the AI has had a touch on that gets put in the game everyone can just take out of your game yeah. at that point. And I also don't know how you would disclose it. Like, oh, these elements of the game had AI help and these didn't. It just feels like yeah, how the hell that, are you supposed that one to be is, able to tell, right? I mean, I think for the next 10 years, we'll probably at the very least be seeing this pop up more and more and then laws yeah. will finally be put into place and then we'll know. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I, the, the area is so gray and the people making the laws don't understand it i barely understand it, and i'm in this industry yeah. right so okay so one more thing about this topic because i thought this might mm -hmm. tickle your brain a bit um okay. from a game design perspective how do you think you could use so again let's i'm trying to make this it's hard to actually describe what i'm thinking forget about mm -hmm. ai creating okay uh like an asset for you, okay? Let's say you've yeah. created the game all yourself. How can you implement AI in a game 
So this is the first thought that I had, right? Mm-hmm. Ag's Labyrinth. Yeah. How there's a random room and all that stuff. The AI, like, is there a benefit to using AI in some way to make that the AI choose what's best for these players based on their play experience? Like, what's going to be more fun for them? You mm-hmm. could literally balance the numbers as the game goes on based on yeah. you know, certain statistics. You could have the game, you could have the AI determine based on your overall performance what makes for the most challenging yet beatable run for you, which yeah. would make it. I, I could definitely see that. My first thought was in RPGs, for example, that the AI could uh, tailor the way the characters talk to you and the story um, based Mm -hmm. on choices you make. I think the possible depth of having AI as a part of storytelling is the one that I find most interesting because usually, like classic RPGs, you have a character, you talk to other character, there's like four dialogue options, depending on which you choose, it might change the outcome, it might not. Like most of the time, it's kind of just like, you know, all right, they give you a little bit of lore about this or that. Maybe you get a quest, maybe you don't. But what if the AI on the spot just gives you a new playing experience every time you play? Mm. Like it can just make a new story for you that doesn't necessarily require uh, a ton of programming. There's obviously some limitations about, you know, there has to be things in the game that it can point to and use, but technically you could implemented in such a way that it could maybe like generate something on the spot for you to to do which might be interesting uh the way it could do that i don't know how how easy that would be to implement but there might be some avenue there yeah Um, i feel like there's going to be some uh, this is what i'm waiting for and i don't know if we're close but since ai is now exploding what game utilizes ai in some way that's like the big the first big one you know Right. And what that's going to look like, because mm-hmm. it's just, it's very interesting. And I think... Knowing Valve, this feels like something they would really want to look into, because they seem to, you know... Like, yeah, they like all the new stuff, for sure. Valve loves new tech. They always have. Yeah. So there's a good chance that they will want to to try to be a front runner with AI. Gabe I'm, and I'm Bot. sure they're looking into it. Gabe and Sentient Bot. AI. What if the first um, sentient AI in human history is Gabe and Bot? Open your wallet. <laughs> open your wallet yeah um but obviously they're not alone in this right they're, i think all the big tech are looking into this a lot and scared of it too right like google i think were very concerned oh actually God. yeah we talked about, about this. so they made bard GPT, and right? bing made yeah. well, bing and they both suck ass compared to chat <laughs> gpt they they rushed it out i think uh bard was a project that google actually gave up on and then mm-hmm. they got scared because of ChatGPT and restarted it, rebooted it. And it, I mean, it's probably considered early on still, but if that's the first impression is a lot, right? And it's yeah. terrible. And I think the inherent issue that they're going to run into, and people aren't stupid. Well, a lot of people are stupid, but most people will realize this with Bing and Google. The AI is currently like the way it's using now, and I assume they would have to continue to try to do this, is is trying to point you to like affiliate links, to sponsor, whatever. They're trying mm-hmm. to make money off of it. ChatGPT, is, as far as I, I mean, they're collecting data, no doubt, but it's not a search engine. There's no end game. It might, that's gonna, it might seem more neutral, at least. I mean, I'm not going to say for a fact that yeah, it is. It's certainly not. Know. And There's no such thing as neutral in something like this. But compared but to more Google neutral. and Microsoft <laughs> with their search engines, yeah. 
Yeah. So I think that's the inherent issue. And I like so I it's don't less of a conflict of interest, I guess, is what you're trying to say. Yeah, that's that's fair to say. So yeah. yeah, it's just really fascinating. I think we'll probably have this discussion every couple months because it's it feels like there's just so many different like pop ups with like little AI yeah. improvements here and there, big like if there's a big juicy prompt for chat GPT, which I have yet to find, uh, mm -hmm. playing 20 questions with chat GPT is awful, by the way, it cheats. It literally just thinks <laughs> of a different word later on and it's very bad. Uh, all right. Unlucky. Just letting you guys know that ahead of yeah, time. Yeah. I'm not playing that. Really trying so to I'm find okay. a way to use chat GPT other than emails <laughs> struggling. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's do some Patreon mailbag questions, okay. which have been sitting Pop here for down. quite a while. Yeah, we'll just do the first two okay. from Sean Chivers. Okay, I'm not, I I might be stupid. What does FAO mean? Um, what does that stand for? Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations. This is gonna bother me if we can't find the actual acronym. Oh, in email it means for the attention of. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's actually for the attention of. All right, we could make a whole discussion about that greeting, but let's ignore it. That's not even the question. It's very formal for <laughs> podcast mailbag. Was that? A, I'm gonna say it's. Is that from uh, ChatGPT? As a joke, that's good though. Okay, I like that a lot. Uh, yo, can you that's ask good. Sin to translate the words "red-eyed smoked trout" into Danish? This is for no other reason than to mock him for such a silly language and a. I don't have the tweet up with me. Apparently, he there's a tweet with reference to it. Uh, so, can you explain what this? Okay, means? so red-eyed smoked trout is effectively a tongue twister in Danish for non-natives, especially. It's royal oil, royal oil, royal oil. What the? F How is that a language? Royal oil, royal oil. So you have trouble saying it too. Yeah, I just I just had to do a double take the first time. It's it's not that hard. He's <laughs> trying not to stumble. So maybe mean? a little bit. Even for Danes, it might be a little bit of a tongue. Is this like one of those Sally sells well, seashells well, well, by well. the seashore kind of thing? Yeah, pretty much. Except I mean, it's it like when like would you vomiting. ever say red-eyed smoked trout, right? But it's just funny because of. So the reason this is funny to foreigners in particular is that all the four words use the Danish u vowel, which doesn't exist in English. Yeah, that's the uh, one that's uh, uh. yeah. Uh, so Danish has three vowels that English doesn't. It has e, u, and o, and I there's that, u in all four I use of these. That and it sounds sometimes when I vomit. Exactly. That's why you think Danish sounds stupid, because that's your reference for it. Um, <laughs> and on on top of that, Danish is a language. Uh, I think this is also why some people make fun of some British accents because they have you know the glottal stop right that some English accents have where they cut words short all the time. Yeah. Uh, Danish is pretty effective in the spoken language. Like words, sounds don't necessarily get pronounced fully, or they get cut short, or whatever. And that's also why it sounds like, you know, all of all. If I say it out slowly, it would be roll oit roit earl. Oh, there's then some it sounds a bit there. more. I see. Okay. But the t t's at the end of words in dialects just become like soft, so it's just yeah, yeah, oil instead of oit. So that's why when you say it out fast and there's the, the D sound, the soft D sound that you also have in English, right? From the, then it becomes. Uh, blah, blah, blah. That's <laughs> Very anyway. good. Thank you. That was a great good question. question. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate it's a that. good tongue twister. 
Uh, this one is not a Patreon mailbag. This is I, I found this on Today I Learned. And I, <laughs> oh, wow. This is really just about Denmark today, I had to huh? ask I, you. I like this. Today I Learned, if you're unmarried when you turn 25 in Denmark, it is customary for your friends and family to cover you in cinnamon. Did this happen to you, Sindarin? No. Why? Because it is opt-in. <laughs> Why um, would you opt into this, exactly? So there's like a... How to say... It's like... It's like an unwritten rule that um, this is a tradition that a lot of people do, not everyone. But if you do do it, it's kind of like a give and take. So if you want to throw cinnamon on your friends, when it's the, then when it's your turn, they can give it back, right? It's kind of like okay. a give and take in that regard. But I think you can always opt out. I mean, people aren't out to make each other miserable, right? But it's kind of like, it's have a you, ritual. Have you done like it to somebody? No. Have you seen it done to anybody? Yes. And the way people do it is very different. So in some cases, in the milder cases, if you will, it's just like you have a little bit of cinnamon and you throw it and kind of like you throw rice at a wedding or whatever, you know, like just mm -hmm. throw some dust. In other cases, you tie people up to a street light and you take full on bags and throw it at them. That's why on the streets, on the streets in Denmark, awesome. sometimes the, from one day to the next, there's just a big pool of cinnamon just lying on the ground. It's... To be honest, it's pretty wasteful with really good spices. So from that perspective, I don't really like the tradition because, uh, you know, it's, it's just delicious, it's just food though. waste, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it made me think the other day, I wonder, we probably have the highest cinnamon consumption per person in Europe for this reason. Because, because of you're the raw amounts that get case. used for this, right? And to my understanding, um, I don't know if it's, uh, I mean, you tell me if it's like that there as well, but in Europe in general, mm -hmm. people get married less than they do in like the States, for example. Yes. Right? Yeah. So a lot of cinnamon. In Denmark, being married at 25 is definitely an, an anomaly now. Being married the majority, at 25 is an So anomaly. Some, quite, quite many people still have children before they're 25, but in Denmark, marriage is, for most families, it's like a secondary thing to having children and having a house. Mm -hmm. Marriage is generally something you do later because... I, th I guess people's rationale is just that the other things are like more important than a celebration, for example, right? Mm. Um, that it means more to their everyday life. And we're not, our relationship with Christianity is very different to the majority of the US, at least. I don't know which states we would compare to the most. Like, Denmark is a Christian country, but most people are not very religious, if at all. Um, and you can opt out of the church, um, etc. So. It's. I mean, it's probably similar to California-ish. I would say probably just some random liberal state in the U.S. That's that. It's definitely where it would be the closest to somewhere you would relate to. Yeah. Um. Interesting. So yeah. I like that. Good I like Danish that. questions. Love that. Yeah. Do you do you before we end the episode? Are there any other weird traditions that we need to know about? Uh, in Denmark, we dance around the Christmas tree on. Christmas Eve. You know, I found out recently that's this? a Danish only thing, right? Yes. What do you mean by dance yeah. around the tree? So it's a tradition, especially in families with children, that you have the Christmas tree ready for Christmas Eve, right? And you put the presents under it and you decorate the tree. And then you sing Christmas songs while holding hands and walking around the tree in a circle. So you need to be enough people that you can make a full circle around the tree by stretching out your arms and holding hands. And then you're just like you put dancing the, around it and singing. You put the tree um, in the middle of the room? Yeah, so the Christmas tree in Denmark is 
generally in the living room and then you make space and then there's like huh. a cloth under it so that all the needles that fall off don't litter the floor you put like a little okay think big tablecloth underneath that's like uh i don't know one and a half by one and a half meters or something very interesting five by five feet i'm trying to think of any time other than like some big display outside in like a. Mall they do it in something. sweden too chat is saying it might be scandinavian and which okay. could be derived from the fact all right this is a little bit of history shannon i like it uh the vikings were pagan yes. and when the vikings did become christian the pagan holiday which is winter solstice right so december 22nd got replaced the reason Christmas is on the time that it is was that it took the place of winter solstice. So that was, okay. they, they might have accepted becoming Christian, but they were definitely not going to give up their holidays. Mm -hmm. So perhaps the reason that this is a Scandinavian thing might be related to something you did on that holiday in Scandinavia. Maybe winter solstice, this type of dance or whatever. This is just a guess for me. I don't know for a fact, but maybe that's why and do you, that's a Scandinavian thing Do you perform this ritual, the, the satanic ritual you're describing? Of dancing around the tree? Yeah. I don't remember if we did it when I was a kid. We definitely haven't done it for many years. Mm, uh, it's opt-in, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Everything's opt-in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but many families still do it. The, it's pretty tree, I'm trying to think of a time I've seen a tree indoors that you can walk around. Because it's always in like the corner of a room, I feel like. Or next I mean, to usually you would also... Many families put it in a corner, but then maybe you move it out, right? For, for the, the ritual. I see. Yeah, and then you can move it back. Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, for us, the big day as well is Christmas Eve, which is also different to yours, right? You get the presents on Christmas Day, and that's where you have the big dinner. Mm. In Scandinavia, the big day is the 24th. That's where you have all the presents, that's where you have the fancy food, and then a lot of the times, the following days, the Christmas days also have nice food, etc. But 24 is like the crown jewel of the holiday mm. for us. So that's also different. Yes, it is. Very cool. And makes you wonder why it's not the 22nd, right? Because that is winter solstice. Winter solstice is the 22nd, right? I think so. Or is it the 23rd? Is the winter solstice always on the same day or something? That December 22nd at 4.27 a.m. Every year? It's the same time? I don't know if it's 4.27 a.m. every year, but it's always the 22nd. Okay. Hmm. It's the shortest day of the year, right? So. Okay. Very cool. Thank you for educating us on the satanic rituals of oh, your country. Some, okay, I'm being I'm hearing in chat that sometimes it's the twenty first, sometimes twenty third. So all right, take that with a grain of salt. Apparently I'm wrong. It's not always the twenty second. Okay. Or they're okay. wrong. Figure it out yourself. Ask chat GPT. Ask chat GPT. <laughs> yes. They'll know. Uh, okay. That'll put this episode to an end. We are Hey, we got to fifty three minutes. It's still a short episode for our, by our standards, but we had absolutely no topics, so not too bad at all. Um, okay, so until next week, everybody, thanks for watching. Suns Fan Sinners signing out. Peace. Bye-bye. We say things that don't mean anything. Subscribe. But thanks for listening.